The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Do you feel that you're losing the battle with looking and feeling your best? Stop! Welcome to Body Balance Talk with your host, Jeannie Schmidt, along with Lucy and Madeline. Your body has an outstanding ability to heal itself and stay healthy. It's up to you to get the process started. Now, here's the show. Hello, hello, and welcome to Body Balance Talk. This is Lucy Hewitt, nutritional therapist. And I'm Jeannie Schmidt, PharmD, and welcome to our show today. Today our topic is on the role that magnesium plays in chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia. We'll also talk about why you would not want to forget to take your magnesium with you when you travel, whether that's for work travel or for vacation. And towards the end of the show, we'll be bringing that up. The sponsor of our show today is A Major Difference. A Major Difference makes the Ion Cleanse Machine for detoxification. And something I would recommend for everybody is to get their book. They've got um, a, a wonderful Ion Cleanse Machine. However, uh, the founder of the company wrote this fabulous book called, I think it's um, Total Detoxification, Total Body Detoxification by Dr. Bob Maroney. And if you go to their website, or you could probably go to Amazon, but the website is amajordifference.com or go to Amazon. The book is Total Body Detoxification, and it doesn't only talk about the ion cleanse. That's only actually a small part of the book. He talks about a number of different issues with detoxification, and the book is extremely easy to read and to understand, and it gives a lot of the story of Dr. Maroney, and he had really struggled with a lot of health issues and actually was given only a few months to live. He had cancer, and he had a lot of problems with drug and alcohol abuse and he discusses that in his book and so um, it's kind of the story of how he brought himself back to health through detoxification and a number of other lifestyle changes as well and I really think that anybody who is interested in listening to this radio show would get a lot out of that book so we highly recommend that. And today we'll talk about the role that magnesium plays in chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia. And so if you're suffering with either of those, um, this will be a good show for you. Or you might know of other people who are suffering with those, or maybe you're not even sure if you have them or not. And so we'll be going through just what they are and how magnesium can play a huge role in helping people with chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia. And we've been talking about magnesium now for about four weeks. And so we hope that you're as excited about the topic of magnesium as we are. And there's another book that we recommend, and we've been recommending it. And I I just want to remind you to go out and get it. So you're going to be busy reading 
It's mm-hmm. called The Magnesium Miracle by Dr. Carolyn Dean, and she is an MD, and she's done a lot of clinical work with magnesium, but also research with magnesium, and she has this amazing book, and just recently has published an updated version of her book, and we've got copies right here in the studio, but you can also easily find this book also at Barnes & Noble online or Amazon or any of those kind of places where you shop for books. Now, here in the studio, we've been having these monthly challenges to help people make one simple change at a time, knowing that sometimes, you know, you sit down and you learn all of this information and it can feel overwhelming for people. And so something we thought that would be beneficial for the people who come to our studio, but this can also be effective for you, even if you're not here, maybe you're even in some other country, you can still take part in these challenges. And we encourage you to join in and do, do, do it along with us. And for the month of April, now we're well into it, it's April 11th, our health challenge has been, you guessed it, it's magnesium. And we encourage everyone to put a focus on increasing your magnesium for this one month. And we encourage everyone to start using the magnesium gel or the oil along with the oral supplement of magnesium glycinate and see how you feel different. Now, many people, after using the magnesium on a consistent basis, many people will notice an improvement in sleep. People would notice muscles feeling more pliable and supple and instead of tense and tight muscles. You might notice that you have less anxiety and can handle stressful situations better. And people with high blood pressure just might notice their blood pressure starting to normalize. Many people will also notice better, more even energy. And a little known side effect is more interest in eating more vegetables, even to the point of getting maybe even a craving or two for broccoli or for green beans. And we've seen over and over that when people get better nutrition in their bodies, and in this case, magnesium, that their tastes and their cravings move away from sugar and junk foods to foods with higher mineral content, such as vegetables. And remember, magnesium is involved in more than 300 reactions in your body. So you can imagine that when you are low, and we all are, Many critical reactions in your body that support health and proper functioning do not work as well when your magnesium is low. And that's why supplementing with magnesium can have such far-reaching effects for people. Now, speaking of supplementing with magnesium, and since we are on the challenge here in the studio... I've gotten many, many questions and have heard people's concerns. Just being around in the studio and talking to people as they come and go for the various classes, we've been having a lot of conversations around here. And one of those, the other day, a woman had actually purchased the magnesium gel and she had it at home. Since we've had the the magnesium challenge in the studio, we've had a lot of people asking questions about it and concerns. And this one woman uh, recently, she said that she was afraid to use it because she thought that the magnesium gel might hurt. It's a gel that you rub all over your skin. And here's the deal with the magnesium gel in that, no, it doesn't hurt. However, there are many people that do experience a tingling or maybe even a bit of itchy feeling when they put it on their skin. And in fact, most people feel this. So 
if you don't feel that, there's nothing wrong at all. You might be a person that feels a tingling and itchiness, or you might be somebody who you don't feel that at all. So either way, it's it's going to be working for you. But it should never be. It's I, we've never heard of anybody that something is so overwhelming they can't stand it. It's just a mild tingling and just a little bit of an itchy feeling. And so what? How you use this gel or oil is put some on your hand. So it it comes in both, and the gel is thicker. So obviously that's going to just sit like a little plop in your hand. And if you get the oil, obviously that's going to run all over the place. So you have to cup your hand and just put a small amount in your hand. And then you rub all of that all over your legs, both of your arms, rub it into your belly, your chest, and your back. And you want to apply it liberally and then go ahead and rub it in. And it's not going to rub in all the way so that your skin just feels normal. It's still going to feel really tacky and sticky. Mm -hmm. And so you need to be sure that you're putting on enough, enough that, uh, Lucy, did you have something? Oh, yes. Well, I've heard from some people that they put on their magnesium gel or oil and they'll go to bed with it on or they'll just put their clothes back on and go about their day. And that's a sign they're probably not putting enough on. So you put enough on that it's really not going to be comfortable having your clothes on or it's not going to be comfortable getting into bed with all of that gel on because it would all get wrapped up, um, wiped off on the sheets. Yeah, absolutely. And if you if you're not interested in putting that all over your body and just waiting about 20 minutes without any clothes on, go ahead and put on a really loose robe or some really loose pajama pants. But just so you know, whatever you put on is going to get all um, kind of sticky, and it's not going to be something you're going to be wanting to wear. You're just going to have those be your magnesium oil pants or your magnesium oil or gel robe. And that remember, the idea is to absorb the magnesium, so you have to put enough on so that you can absorb it. And as Lucy was pointing out, we have had people that say, oh yeah, I just go to bed with it on. And when I hear that, I think you there's no way that you would get into your bed with all of that stuff all over your skin. So that's telling me that that those people um they don't have enough of it on they're just putting a tiny tiny bit on it soaks into their skin and then they go to bed that's not going to be as therapeutic as if you really really put enough on you you have to really go for it when you're going to use some magnesium gel Mm -hmm. yeah and then if you're doing this every day your tube or your bottle of magnesium should be gone in about two weeks or less and so if you still have your tube or bottle after a month or more, you're really not using enough to improve your magnesium inside of your body and actually get results. And so there are people that tell me that they don't notice anything from using the magnesium gel, but those are the ones who are not effectively taking it. And another example of this, besides not putting enough on, is just rubbing a little bit on, like say that you go, uh, oh, my calf is kind of tight, so I'm just going to rub a little bit on my calf and then go to work. Okay, that that actually could probably do well in helping your calf muscle, but that's not what we're talking about in terms of really making some headway in improving your magnesium levels in your body. Um, another place people put it is their upper traps, up uh, up kind of behind their neck in that part where everybody likes to get a massage. Those muscles get real tense. And it's great to be putting it there, but if you only just dab on a little bit up there, 
that's not going to be enough to really increase your magnesium stores. So again, we really recommend people, especially since today we're talking about chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia, if you're dealing with those conditions, you're going to really need to use the magnesium gel as a somewhat of a project and use consistent use of it. And we even recommend if you have either of those two issues to even use it twice a day for probably about eight weeks. So I know it sounds simple, but you really need to take it and use it to get the good results. And, and again, consider it like a project. Really dedicate yourself to one month, at least one month, of really good consistent use of magnesium. And now, the magnesium gel and the oil are drying to your skin, even though it's called magnesium oil. It really is not actually an oil. It's a super saturated solution of magnesium. And that's, that's actually a salt. The magnesium that's in there is a salt. And so once that magnesium gel or oil dries on your skin, it will leave a salt residue. And that's where you're going to be showering it off. And that's drying to people's skin. And so be sure that if your skin is getting dry, that you use a moisturizer. And not everybody needs this, but just so you're aware that the magnesium gel and oil is not going to be moisturizing to your skin. Now, we recommend this special brand. It's called Ancient Minerals brand of magnesium oil or gel as it's very concentrated and it's also pure from contaminants. So there are a number of different magnesium gels out there and oils, but if it's going to be a really, really low concentration, that's not going to be helpful for you. Um, you're just going to have to put it on then most, multiple times throughout the day, and it makes it even more of a project for you. So we recommend this brand, Ancient Minerals. And again, this is something that we have here in the studio, but you can find it on their website if you just Google Ancient Minerals, and you can just purchase it yourself online. Now, Another big topic that comes up concerns the oral magnesium supplementation. So that would be magnesium pills or capsules. And I've talked to a few different people who decided to go to the drugstore and get magnesium because um, they just wanted to get a nice cheap one. And so they turn up with magnesium oxide. And magnesium oxide is the least expensive magnesium, so it, it appeals to people. But the problem here is that magnesium oxide is only about 4% absorbed. And the rest of that magnesium stays in your intestinal tract and then you just poop it out. So for this reason, it works if you're constipated. But it, so use it for that if that's, if that's an issue for you. But magnesium oxide does not work well at all if you're trying to increase the magnesium in your body and inside of your cells. Now, magnesium glycinate or malate will be more expensive, but they are absorbed at a much higher percentage and they actually help to improve your health. And I always like to say that the most expensive supplements are the ones that don't work, just like the most expensive gym membership is the one that you don't use, even if it's only $5 a month. If you don't use it, it's actually expensive. So remember, you get what you pay for. And in the nutrition classes here at the studio, I like to mention that there are certain things that you can buy cheap if you want. And these things might be something like plastic measuring spoons or measuring cups or maybe those hot pad holders. So those are things that maybe you don't need to spend a whole lot of money on. But when it comes to what you ingest and you put into your body, be kind to yourself and go for that top quality 
Now, we're getting ready to dive into our topic of magnesium and chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia. And with both of these, magnesium should play a huge and a large role in helping to restore health. And this is an important point because both of these conditions are so debilitating and lead to loss of work. They lead to interruption of sleep and poor quality of life in addition to numerous uncomfortable and painful symptoms. And unfortunately, magnesium is rarely considered part of the treatment. Instead, popular and common treatment for chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia are often antidepressants, sleeping pills, muscle relaxants, anti-inflammatory drugs, painkillers, and medications for anxiety. And then sometimes it's even been prescribed to do lots of exercise. Now, you can see that using prescription medications to treat these symptoms would not help in getting to the real underlying cause of these conditions. Those meds really may be helpful in getting out of acute problems, but eventually it would be highly beneficial to fix the underlying problem. It looks like it's time for our first break. Now, we want to hear from you. Give us a call at one 472 Ask us your questions. If you're doing the Magnesium Challenge, let us know how it's going so far. We'll be back soon. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Cancer is not something to be taken lightly, but instead of being talked at by doctors, medical providers, and others, wouldn't it be nice to hear from a host who has worked at the Cancer Coalface for 38 years as a caregiver, supporter for 14,000 patients, and who has had the experience of having a life-threatening condition herself? You will hear the stories of survivors and other people who work in breakthrough cancer medicine. Navigating the Cancer Maze with host Grace Goller will help you with the facts, planning, and grief experienced with different forms and stages of cancer. Listen every Friday at 12 noon U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Body Balance Talk. To reach us with your questions and comments, please call into the program today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at mybodybalancenutrition.com. Now, back to the show. 
Hello and welcome back. This is Body Balance Talk. I'm Lucy and I'm here with Jeannie today. Now let's dive into our topic of magnesium and chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia. Yeah, and let's just start looking at chronic fatigue and talk about in the first place, what is it? Well, chronic fatigue was first formally recognized as an illness and defined by the CDC in 1988. And the symptoms of chronic fatigue are chronic headaches, swollen glands, fever and chills coming and going, muscle and joint aches and pains, muscle weakness, sore throat, numbing and tingling of hands and feet, and incredible fatigue. People with this condition experience an inability to complete even simple tasks without becoming extremely exhausted. They cannot cope with stress and they often suffer with insomnia. There are actually many theories of what causes chronic fatigue, but a common thought is that chronic fatigue is triggered by a reactivation of an already present virus. It's a mononucleosis type virus called Epstein-Barr virus. About 90% of the population already has antibodies to Epstein-Barr, meaning that they were infected at some time already in their lives. For most people, Epstein-Barr infection simply comes and goes just like a normal cold or flu. But for some people, the first Epstein-Barr virus or its reactivation can be very, very severe and leave that person feeling extremely fatigued, run down, and not able to get back to feeling healthy. It, it appears that people who are affected by this severe way could be more run down and stressed than average. The infection then becomes chronic because the immune system is not strong enough to fight it off. It could be because the person is already dealing with environmental chemical sensitivities or maybe dealing with food sensitivities or experiencing a high amount of stress or lacking the nutrients necessary for a strong functioning immune system. Now, if we look at fibromyalgia, it was 1990 when the American College of Rheumatology established fibromyalgia as an illness. Fibro means connective tissue, and myalgia means muscle pain. Now, fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue have a number of similarities. They're both characterized by incapacitating fatigue, muscle and joint pain, nerve pain, insomnia, depression, anxiety, and digestive problems. The difference here is that chronic fatigue includes the swollen glands and the sore throat and mild fever, and fibromyalgia does not. No one has found a definitive cure, but many, many people believe that fibromyalgia is a label for an accumulation of environmental and lifestyle toxins and infections. Over the last hundred years or so, our society has focused on the development and advancement of chemicals, pharmaceuticals, and electronics. Now, couple that with our increasingly sedentary lifestyle, consumption of fake and processed foods, and polluted atmosphere, along with magnesium and other minerals seriously depleted in our food supply, and you can see this increasing incidence of chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia. Fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue are likely not caused by one thing. Let's take a look at what might predispose or set up a person to get chronic fatigue or fibromyalgia, knowing that it's complex. 
it can start at birth and progress through childhood, adolescence, and then going through adulthood. Now, much of this has to do with an overgrowth of yeast. And here are some ways this can happen. Now, get ready. This is going to be a very, very long list starting with birth. So I'm just telling you to be prepared for this. First, diaper rash caused by an overgrowth of yeast is often treated with cortisone cream, which furthers yeast growth. And as I'm going through these things, you might want to make a mental note, especially if you're somebody that's struggling with chronic fatigue or fibromyalgia, how many of these things were present for you. Okay, the next would be ear infections as a child treated with antibiotics. And this can even be picked up from the mother during delivery with an overgrowth of yeast in the vaginal tract. Next, overuse of antibiotics, that leads to, or it can lead to diarrhea. And diarrhea can lead to intestinal yeast infections. Then colic can develop due to the intestinal yeast. Then the intestinal yeast can lead to the baby's inability to digest milk due to irritated bowels. And this leads to changing to different types of formulas such as soy. And soy is generally hard to digest, and that can lead to more gas and bloating for the baby. The digestive trouble starts to be seen on the baby's skin in the form of eczema. The child now may be using more cortisone cream to suppress the eczema, knowing again that cortisone actually promotes yeast growth. More food allergies then start arising, such as gluten, yeast, dairy, in response to the poor digestion and the inflammation in the gut. Then asthma may start, triggered by the environment in the first place, and then treated with more steroids. Steroids further the yeast growth. Meanwhile, multiple colds and flus may be mistreated with many courses of antibiotics, leading to more gut imbalance. And because of the yeast overgrowth, the child starts to crave sweets to feed the yeast. And aggressive or maybe hyperactive behavior might start to set in. With the sweets come some cavities and mercury fillings. Mercury vapor disrupts enzymes in the liver, the kidneys, and the brain. And then allergic symptoms that the child is often experiencing are now treated with allergy shots, medications, and maybe more cortisone feeding the yeast. Then as a child grows and becomes an adolescent, maybe experiences acne, which is often treated with long-term antibiotics, leading to more gut bacteria disruption. As a teen, maybe the the child develops mono, and up to 20% of those teens never feel healthy again. Bladder infections become common and are treated with more antibiotics. Birth control pills contribute to vaginal yeast infections treated with more antibiotics. Then pregnancy. Pregnancy arises and the pregnancy hormones encourage vaginal yeast. Now once the child is born, this is now we're we're having a new cycle of somebody being born. So this, this mother who maybe has experienced a diaper rash and all of these things moving through is now pregnant, has a child, and then experiences chronic sleep deprivation, which almost all new parents experience, which is a major stress on the immune system. Then when traveling, maybe experiencing traveler's diarrhea or a bout of food poisoning, which is often treated with antibiotics and can lead to irritable bowel. And then we get to chronic 
chronic sinus infections happen because the lowered immunity in the body and then those sinus infections are often treated with antibiotics when in fact it's been determined by the Mayo Clinic that about 97% of sinus infections are actually yeast or fungus. Now more antibiotics are used in hospitalizations, colds and flus. And once a person now is having the symptoms of fibromyalgia or chronic fatigue, the pain gets treated with ibuprofen or maybe other NSAIDs, which cause further harm to the intestine. Pain pills, sleeping pills, antidepressants, and anxiolytics are used. Environmental allergies and sensitivities are treated with steroid inhalers, furthering the yeast. Often, Women experience painful or irregular periods, infertility, and worsening PMS due to a buildup of toxins and a lack of good nutrients. And if infertile, the woman is treated with an array of hormones, often furthering the yeast issue. This was a lot of steps to go through, but it's important to note that these are steps that can move a person towards chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia. And guess what? In every single step that I listed, magnesium is depleted in that step and in that process. This results in a body completely burdened with drugs, toxins, and a multitude of stressors. With toxins and drugs, magnesium is used up and becomes depleted as the body works to detoxify. So it's important to understand that when your liver, which is your detoxification organ, is hit with all of these toxins, which it is all the time, most of your blood supply is actually directed to your liver. And your body puts this enormous uh, importance on detoxification. And as your liver is working to detoxify, it needs to have magnesium in order order to go through that process. So any load of toxin is going to use up magnesium. And if you don't have the magnesium for this process, you become an inefficient detoxifier and you build up toxins in your body. Now, what is this issue with yeast? Well, everyone has yeast and we all have different types of yeast. The problem happens when yeast overgrows and takes over. We can handle a little in our system, but a big overgrowth is what's going to be causing us trouble. I mentioned antibiotics a number of times in the list above. Antibiotics do not only kill the bad bacteria that's making you sick and the reason you're taking the antibiotics in the first place. They also kill the good bacteria that help to keep you healthy. And in fact, we've talked quite a bit about eating fermented and cultured foods such as kefir and fermented vegetables. And you work hard to increase the good bacteria, but then if you take the antibiotics, the antibiotics kill both the good bacteria and the bad bacteria. And when your good bacteria are not in abundant supply, it gives the bad yeast an opportunity to overgrow. So it's important to know that it's your good bacteria that keeps the bad yeast in the low numbers. Now, you can get yeast problems in a number of areas of your body. And as I noted earlier, most all of sinus infections are actually caused by yeast. Bladder and vaginal infections are often yeast. 
And your intestine can get overrun by yeast, and this is especially damaging, as the yeast can cause micropunctures in your intestinal lining, allowing larger-than-normal food particles or undigested food to actually enter into your bloodstream. Your immune system then sees this as a foreign substance, and it launches an attack, causing an immune reaction. And a number of you already know, this is called leaky gut. And leaky gut, with all of those foreign particles in your blood and all of that immune reaction, it just leads to more and more food intolerances, allergies, and sensitivities. So, in thinking about what you could do about chronic fatigue or fibromyalgia, a big step would be to address this yeast issue. And now you know sugar feeds yeast. So the first step would be to get the sugar out of your diet, including fruit and including yeast. In fact, eliminating all grains and foods that break down into sugar would be critical. You'll need to starve the yeast. If you keep eating sugar, you're feeding the yeast. So what we recommend is turning to a diet of meat, non-searchy vegetables, low allergenic protein shakes, plenty of good fats and oils. Coconut oil is especially helpful in these conditions. Be sure that your meat is from a source that uses no antibiotics, no hormones, and no pesticides. And if you're choosing beef, which we do recommend, it must be 100% grass-fed. Chicken must be true free-range, meaning that the chickens are outside eating bugs for most of the day. Now, with chronic fatigue and with fibromyalgia, most of those people will have poor digestion. So if that's you and you're suffering from poor digestion, we recommend you make some bone broth from beef, chicken, and even from pork. Use chicken feet to get even more protein. Now, that might not sound very appealing, but first off, you're not eating the chicken feet. You just order those or get those from the farmer, and you put the chicken feet right in with the bones where you're boiling that water and cooking the minerals. You're taking the minerals out of the chicken feet and out of the bones. You boil that, for cook it for a long time. You could even put that in a crock pot and just leave it on low for about 36 hours or so. When it's done, of course, you take the chicken feet out, you take the bones out and all of the skin and everything else, and then you go ahead and sip the broth in small amounts throughout the day. This is highly beneficial for people who have poor digestion. Another idea here is to use an easily digestible protein shake, meaning not soy and usually not whey and with no sugar in it. We recommend the Warrior brand protein powder, and that's made with pea, cranberry, and hemp protein as opposed to soy or whey, and there's no sugar in it. We recommend using stevia for sweetening if you need it sweet. No honey, no agave, no molasses, coconut sugar, or even date sugar. Those are all sugars that are going to be contributing to feeding that yeast. Now, the next big step would be to focus on replacing magnesium. Magnesium is critical when addressing the depression, anxiety, muscle, and joint pain, and the sleeping issues, and the chemical sensitivities. 
And magnesium is a critical component in making serotonin in your own body. When you're low in magnesium, you aren't going to make sufficient serotonin. Anyone with chronic fatigue or fibromyalgia is under tremendous internal stress. Not only the internal stress, but these people also experience a high amount of external stress of having a disrupted life from work, relationships, and leisure time. People who are under stress use up magnesium almost faster than you can get it in. Remember that stress depletes magnesium, and stress is a huge reason for this magnesium deficiency in people with chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia. And the bad thing is that when you're low in magnesium, you don't handle stress well, and it becomes a vicious cycle. It will take much more than simply taking a magnesium pill. You'll need to use the magnesium gel or oil as we outlined earlier in the show. And for these people, I would recommend using it twice a day, once in the morning. Put it all over your body, leave it on for 20 minutes, and then shower it off. And then again before bed, use that same procedure. Now with the oral magnesium, start with about 200 milligrams of magnesium malate or glycinate at bedtime. And if you're not having any diarrhea with that, add a dose of 200 milligrams first thing in the morning. Then if you're still not having any diarrhea and you're tolerating it just fine, add another 200 milligram dose right in the middle of the day. Now, if you do get diarrhea, decrease your dose to 100 milligrams at a time. So I was mentioning 200. Take that down to 100. It's important for you to understand that the lower your dose but split throughout the day, that's going to help you to absorb more and avoid the diarrhea. Well, let's take another break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion. Remember, we're taking callers at one 866 472-5792 or you can send us a message through the email or on Facebook. We'll be back soon. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. How is your health? Do you want to know more about it? Every day there are new technologies, procedures, and healing techniques coming forward. To understand them, tune in to Speaking of Health with Dr. Michael Cudlis. Our guests come from different backgrounds in the fields of health and healing. We'll discuss new realities and modalities, from chiropractic to metagenics. It's all designed to improve your quality of life. Speaking of Health is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes' work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. 
We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Body Balance Talk. To reach us with your questions and comments, please call into the program today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at mybodybalancenutrition.com. Now back to the show. Hello and welcome back to Body Balance Talk. This is Lucy along with Jeannie. Let's continue our discussion on chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia. And diarrhea, everybody's favorite topic. Yes, we're just talking about the oral supplements of magnesium and really how to use those because it's easy to give people just directions, just do this. But the truth is really that everybody can start in a certain place, but then you're going to need to fine tune it for yourself. So what I was mentioning before we went on the break was this issue of if you're taking the magnesium and, and, and this is, it really is an issue for people with fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue because you often are already dealing with diarrhea. So the last thing you want is to be taking something that gives you more diarrhea. So it's going to be important that if that's an issue for you, that you cut that dose down and take as little as possible more times throughout the day. That will allow your body a chance to absorb it and and not stay in your colon. So you're getting the diarrhea not because your body already has enough of it. It's You're getting the diarrhea because you're actually not absorbing it and it's staying into your colon. So remember this, just decrease the dose way down. So even if you've tried that, and you've decreased the dose way down and you say, I I don't know, every single time I even take any of that magnesium, I get diarrhea, then don't take any more of those oral supplements. Instead, you're going to be focusing on the magnesium and the gel and the oil. And so everybody's already focusing on the gel or oil, and then most people are going to add on the oral supplements. But if the oral supplements, no matter what, they're giving you diarrhea, you just take that out and not use them. Now, don't throw them away or give them to somebody else because it's highly likely as your body gets more and more healthy, you're going to be able to then start to absorb those uh, magnesium supplements as your digestion improves. And one of the ways to help improvement is, is to actually take in some of that bone broth and get those minerals into your system and you work on your digestion with also the um, good bacteria and the fermented foods. And exercise is another big thing. A lot of people just think that everyone should be exercising. But you, if you're struggling with chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia, you likely know that a lot of exercise doesn't work real well for you. And so be sure that you take that back to a very mild level. Something like gentle walking and stretching may be best for you now. And know that heavy exercise just depletes you even more. And what you're working on now is rebuilding your body, not tearing it down. So this will be something also you're going to have to experiment with. Some people have much worse conditions and some people are a lot more mild. But if you push the exercise too much, that can make you backslide into into the condition and get even worse. 
Now, taking these first few steps would really be a good start, and that would be eliminating the sugar, increasing your good gut bacteria, and restoring your magnesium and pulling back on excess exercise. And just doing these things may be enough for you. Now, if you have chronic fatigue or fibromyalgia, though, I'm suspecting that you've already been to six or more or maybe 25 or 30, a lot of different healthcare practitioners, and you've probably tried many, many, many different treatments. And maybe you've been taking medications, maybe you've changed aspects of your diet, and maybe you've gotten a whole lot of relief, maybe a little, or maybe really nothing has helped you so far. But... If you have not focused on reducing the yeast overgrowth, and if you haven't focused on seriously increasing your magnesium stores, we recommend that you start that now. So to review, you would first address the yeast overgrowth by eliminating sugar and most carbs. And I know I'm repeating this over, but oftentimes people just miss points, and they've told me that before. So that's why on purpose I'm saying this just again, to focus on that yeast, eliminate sugar, eliminate most carbs, and focus on getting your carbohydrates from the non-starchy vegetables, such as asparagus, broccoli, green beans, romaine, spinach, cauliflower, and many more. And you may want to try avoiding the nightshades, and those would be potatoes or um, peppers, like the green and the beautiful red and orange and yellow peppers. Sometimes the nightshade family causes pain. It actually causes pain for a lot of people. And if you struggle with these conditions already, you already have pain. So I would recommend for a while even just taking the whole nightshade family out of your diet and see how you respond to that. And then eliminate unnecessary antibiotic use. And that would be antibiotics for acne or any other reason that it's not critical to take antibiotics. And even eliminate antibiotics that you would get in dairy and in meat. You would be choosing meat without hormones, without antibiotics, and without pesticides. Now, eliminating sugar is relatively easy when you make and eat the recipes that we post on our blog. And you can find that at mybodybalancenutrition.com. We have a, a number of different recipes on there, but ones that I would recommend for people that are eliminating sugar would be things like the thin mints, the mango chocolates, we have a chocolate cake. We have kefir ice cream. Kids love the kefir ice cream. I mean, really, everybody does, but I like to mention kids. And soon, we're going to be having two more recipes, so you can look forward to these. One is called the Slender Lemons, and then we have a great macaroon. These are all gluten and sugar and almost dairy-free, so some of them have some butter in them. And if any of these recipes have butter, you could substitute coconut oil for them, but that would be the only dairy that's in there. And so what's left in these recipes, because you go, if there's no gluten or sugar or dairy in them, then what's left? Like sawdust or, you know, a bunch (laughs) of chemicals or starch or something like that. But no, what's left in these recipes is actually plenty of good fats. And we use non-allergenic protein powders in these as well. Not in everything, but in a lot of them. And the coconut oil is highly beneficial in helping you to get rid of excess yeast. So you would think that taking some coconut oil every single day would be therapeutic for anybody that's dealing with a yeast issue. 
And remember that any sugar that you eat feeds the yeast and it keeps it growing. And that yeast is a big, big reason why you feel so tired. You can also eliminate excess yeast by eating and making the fermented vegetables. And please, though, please use the special culture from Body Ecology. This is a company that makes these cultures, and they've put a lot of research and effort into what they do. It's a very, very good and high-quality product. And knowing that wild fermentations in things like kombucha or sauerkraut made without these cultures or kefir and yogurts that you get in the grocery store, they do give you bacteria and yeast, but... It's a big mystery as to which bacteria and yeast you're getting. And if you look at the package, it doesn't indicate which bacteria are in there. Now, we highly recommend using the starter culture because it has a specific beneficial bacteria and yeast. And these have been tested. They've been tested in the lab to be sure that they actually adhere to your gut lining and that they have a high probability of staying there and proliferating. You can be assured that these beneficial and that these are beneficial. So there are actually harmful bacteria and yeasts that you can find in some of these foods. And something that's good to know is that it's, it's kind of tricky that you can't, there's hundreds and thousands of different bacteria and yeast. And you can't just pick out and say, this is exactly here. So meaning that when you have these wild fermentations, it picks up bacteria and yeast that are just in the air, in the environment. And that's what ends up growing in these cultures. And so you go, are those going to be beneficial for you? Well, who knows? It's, it's just going to be hit or miss. And somebody that doesn't deal with chronic fatigue or fibromyalgia or doesn't have pretty bad compromised health, say that somebody's very, very robust and healthy, those wild fermentations are probably going to be just fine for those people because they've got great gut bacteria, which are going to uh, deal with anything that's not real beneficial coming into their bodies. So real good, hearty, healthy people go ahead and have those wild fermentations in the kombucha and whatnot. But if you're struggling with chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia, I highly don't recommend you use these wild fermented products. And wild fermentation is even just like taking the cabbage and making the fermented vegetables without the culture. You're just relying on whatever bacteria happen to be on that cabbage, which may or may not be beneficial for you. So again, we highly recommend using these starter cultures from this company called Body Ecology. And these are something that we carry here in the studio. But again, you could go to the Body Ecology website and just simply order your own and get started. We've got a great training video on our blog that teaches you how to make the fermented vegetables. And this really is something that everyone can do. It doesn't require any special equipment and it's very, very inexpensive. And your fermented vegetables last for weeks. So this is not something that you're going to make over and over and over. I mean, you'll make it over and over through the years, but you don't have to make it every week or every day. It's maybe... I don't know, maybe once a month, something like that. And now, once you have your fermented vegetables, if you eat about a quarter cup of those per day, that's going to give you a nice big dose of live bacteria. And those good bacteria are going to grow in high numbers in your gut, and they're going to start to kill off the harmful overgrowth of this yeast that's been causing trouble for you. 
Now, if you start eating this type of food and you get gas or bloating, that's a sign that you've taken a little bit too much. So this is what you do. Just back off until your system adjusts. You might be able to only take a tiny amount of fermented vegetables or kefir in the beginning. And that's okay. Just go down to as tiny of amount as your body can tolerate. And you just keep doing that. And then you slowly, slowly inch up. That gas and the bloating, it's a sign for you that you're killing off the yeast. So it's actually a good thing, but you don't want to overdo it. Take it as slow as you need, and you're going to build up to about a quarter cup or maybe even a little bit more per day. So that addresses the yeast using lifestyle changes and diet. And the other big part is magnesium. And we've already talked about how to use magnesium gel. So all you have to do is just start in and go ahead and do it. So any of you who have chronic fatigue or fibromyalgia, please come and talk to us on our blog. Try these recommendations and let us know how it works for you. And sticking to our topic on magnesium, we wanted just to mention some really good reasons to use magnesium when you go on vacation or maybe even if you're traveling for business. And these five reasons are going to be for your sleep, stress, energy, and then alcohol and food, and then pain. Those are all things that happen to people that that can get disrupted when you travel. And so knowing that... Everybody knows when you sleep, most people don't sleep as well as when they sleep at home. So it's often a challenge to get good sleep when you're traveling, maybe time zones, unfamiliar bed, all kinds of reasons. Magnesium is so helpful and beneficial as a nutrient that helps you with the rest and relaxation. And then stress. Even if you're vacationing for fun, travel can be stressful. And we just learned here that stress depletes magnesium. And then low magnesium makes it more difficult to handle stress. And then we have that vicious cycle. So get ahead of the game. Boost your magnesium not only before your travel, but also during your travel. And the third one is energy. You need energy when you travel. Magnesium can come to the rescue. And amazingly, magnesium helps keep your body energized. The last or the fourth one here is alcohol and food. And alcohol consumption tends to increase when people are on vacation. Everyone at some point has probably heard or even said yourself, what the heck, I'm on vacation. So it's not just alcohol that sneaks its way in. It's also these other dietary changes when sometimes people just throw their good habits out the door. And when you do that and you're eating the refined sugar and processed foods and alcohol, that depletes your magnesium. So you want to replenish that even right there on your trip. And then the last one is pain. Sometimes people experience a bout of pain when traveling. Maybe you crick your neck in the airplane. Could be anything. Maybe lugging around a lot of luggage. Remember that magnesium is stellar in managing pain. And It acts as an anti-inflammatory agent and it acts as a muscle relaxant. So that can be very, very helpful to take your magnesium gel along with you when you're traveling and you'll probably have a much better vacation and more relaxing than you've ever had in the past. Well, it's time to wrap up our show. We hope that everybody's getting a lot of benefit from the radio show. Tell your friends and your family about it and send us an email or post on our Facebook page with your comments or even your questions. I'm Lucy along with Jeannie and that's our show.
Thanks again for tuning in this week. Join Jeannie, Lucy, and Madeline for another edition of Body Balance Talk next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, listen to yourself and make it a healthy life ahead. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.